Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 110. On Saturday, England outclassed Grand Slam champions Ireland. Now, with cooler heads, we're here to discuss the game. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, as promised, our midweek episode where we've calmed down a little bit. Um, I th- well, I have anyway. Dan, <laughs> how are you? I, I, I am still, I'm still absolutely delighted by it. But yeah, I, I think cooler heads have prevailed. I've watched it a few times actually. I've really enjoyed watching it back. Um, Why wouldn't you? In- England yeah, have exactly. outclassed the Grand Slam champions, Ireland. England were absolutely brilliant. Like the more I watch it, Johnny May to me did nothing wrong. To, so be, the, to be fair, there I weren't there weren't a lot of there weren't a lot of English players who did very much wrong. I mean, that's one of the key things we've always talked about. You know, discipline and you know, barring a few things which we'll talk about later in the episode. You know, they, they, it was just a very mature performance. We don't want to sound too. Patronizing, yeah, hunting. but, it, bad, but it, do you know what I mean? Though it was, it was just they they got everything right, but they didn't look like it didn't look like a huge effort to get it right. It felt like something had clicked, and as a and as a as a unit, as a fifteen, as a twenty three, it kind of all just came together. Um, you know, almost like the sort of the the result of a lot of hard work. Well, it is the result of a lot of hard work, but it just do you know what I mean? In, in the past, we've had situations where even when they've won, you've kind of felt like. Maybe they got lucky, you know, that whole thing that Warren Gatland, you know, forgetting how to lose, you know, there was a that, that was a big thing that we talked about regarding England back back in the unbeaten year. Um, you know, and to a degree it was true, but actually this time around it just felt like they knew what they needed to do and they went out there and they did it. And I know that, you know, the Irish will say it was a, an, a you know, a subpar performance from Ireland and, you know, no one really knows what happened, but it just didn't come together on the day. But I didn't think Ireland was that bad. No, I didn't. Um, so it, it, it's interesting, the whole thing. So the first thing I want to say, and I genuinely believe this, if England play like this, I don't. I think they beat any team in the world every time if they play like that. Yeah. I, I honestly believe that. The other thing that I'd like to say, yeah, I'm with you. The Irish weren't that bad. And one thing, because we're going to analyse the game in, in quite a bit of detail, and it will almost sound like we're attacking the Irish. But one thing I'll say, the Irish players, the Irish coaching staff have put their hands up and said England were better than them. They have not in any way, um, they've not been bitter. Of course, you get Irish fans, as we would do, who who come and say that wasn't a try, that was this, that was it. But the Irish team and the Irish players, to me, I think have handled themselves brilliantly. But to be fair, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you, but would we expect anything less from any team? You know, England... As players, you know, yes, you read stuff in the media that Eddie Jones has said, um, usually just to get a rise. But certainly, like you watch the players being interviewed afterwards, you know, pe- teams always have, put their I hands up. Catland to have made some comment, whereas Joe Smith, I think, has. I think he's wore it. Well, he said he said they were outclassed. He said that you know England muscled yeah. them, muscled them out of the game. It's plain and simple, and you know that's the thing with England. They were. They were aggressive in defense. In defense, they were aggressive in attack. Uh, you know, the, the, they just they had a bit of everything going on, um, 
And I think that so, ultimately that's what made all the difference because we talked about it before the game, saying that England had to be careful not to fall into the trap of playing Ireland's game. Well, Ireland were forced to fall, to fall into the trap of having to play England's game because it was it was so varied. There was so much going on. They had they had an answer to absolutely everything. So, a question I've got for you: When John Mitchell was named as England defence coach, what what were your feelings? Were you ecstatic? Were you agnostic? Were you annoyed? Oh, no, I I wasn't. I don't think it 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 for me. It was just finally England have got someone who's a specialist to come in. Um, so I I must admit when when he was named based upon perhaps his last few coaching roles, I know he's been brilliant coach. I in my head I was questioning whether he was the best defence coach out there, but that defence by England was probably the best I've ever seen. And that's him, and fair, fair enough. Like I put my hands up and said I was wrong. I, I think John Mitchell has done an absolute unbelievable job with defence there. Because our defence was unreal. Yep. But, you know, and it had to be. Um, you know, Ireland, notoriously strong in defence. Uh, you know, England needed to be able to do the same whilst also offering what they did in attack, so... Um, no, it's yeah, it's it's obviously great. There's a lot of people talking about is John Mitchell the next England coach. A bit early to start saying that kind of stuff. I don't think that's why he's been brought in. He's been brought in to do a job and he's done it well. Um, but I'm sure he'll be the first to say, you know, he's one game down, long way to go. Um, you know, and it's 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 about the World Cup, um, and we'll see if 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 England's defence remains that strong, continues to improve, maybe. But then you might also say he's a defence coach. And he's very good at it. Do you want to then go and give him the big the big job, and then yeah, he's in a situation uh, of needing to find a defence coach? Yeah, I, I I think it's too early. I I actually don't think I'd want him as our coach, but so far, based on that defence, bravo, sir, bravo. It was a uh, a special performance. Um, a masterclass, that was the word I was looking for. Right, <laughs> let's let's turn to the game itself. Uh, I mean, you've just mentioned that we're going to be doing an in-depth analysis. I probably would say important to take that with a pinch of salt. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we, we're going to run through the game and talk about where England did amazing things um, and where there are certain contentious issues. Uh, but that will be the extent of our in, uh, in-depth analysis. But, um, you know, we will, of course, have on our special rose-tinted glasses at all times, because why wouldn't you? Um, but before we go into all of that... They're, they're, they're just lasered in now. <laughs> yeah, permanent. Um, yeah, before we go there, we have got a couple of reviews, um, a couple of emails, stuff, some things I want to read out. So I'm going to start with... Um, I'm, I'm, going to, do you know, I'm going to start with an old friend of the pod, uh, Mr. Wade Ackford has weighed back in. Wade, how are we doing, buddy? Uh, I like this one. So he's, I can't remember what his last review was. He kind of changes them all the time, as we've talked about in the past. But today, five stars. Um, he's actually named the review Wade Ackford. <laughs> getting, getting a bit big for his boots, perhaps. But anyway, he says, Gents, did you mention in your pod, we're doing it now, uh, your various debates with a certain listener. You have the right to crow loudly, boys. Okay, you are both 100% correct, and I know nothing about rugby. I had a huge I had huge back three issues. Johnny May was outstanding. I had issues with the cult of Manu. Wrong. He had a fine game. Let's hope injury doesn't intervene intervene. Scrummaging, I thought our front row would struggle. Wrong. Rock solid. In addition, all three totally beasted the opposition uh, front row in the loose. 
Sir Mako, perhaps. Basically, you are both in line for the Lions coaching job, and I've just put my mortgage on England to win the World Cup. Best, Wade. Oh, my God. So, so do you want to know my issue with Wade? My issue with Wade, firstly, is he's completely outmanned me there because that was so uh, sort of magnanimous. I would have been too much of a bitch to do that. So the fact he's done that has shown he's a better man than me, but annoys me. And the second thing that annoys me is after that first review, because as you know, I'm a petty man, I want to dislike Wade, but I can't help but like the guy. <laughs> and that annoys me. And I'm like... I actually quite like this guy, and I'd actually quite like to sit and chat rugby with this guy, but I don't want to. I, I do now because you know, and it's all fun, it's all fun anyway, but it annoys me that I, I quite like the guy. That's probably a shame Wait, for you that the feeling's not, the, not um, mutual. <laughs> do you not? Like, that was a lovely review, that was great. And then, like, like put his hand up, I got respect for that, I got massive respect for that. I mean, until, until the next one. Oh, yeah, mate, I, I'm. Like mate, I'm fickle. I fold like a cheap suit. I change change daily. But at the moment, I got things. But I must admit, I do, I do like the guy, and I must admit, I probably have from the start, which is even more annoying. Okay, a little romance blossoming here. It's a, it's a bit weird. We're going to move on. Um, we we talked about Aaron Aaron Hayashi out in uh, Vietnam. I think he said uh, he also, despite finding the time to. Um, Listen to uh, sorry, finding the time to email us post game. He also managed to download the episode and pop us over a review. So he's given us five stars. He says been a keen fan of the pod for a while now. Outstanding, honest chat from two guys who love England and talk from a fan's perspective. Keep up the good work. Uh, so really appreciate that. And by the way, guys, we read these things out. Uh, we will read out the bad ones too. Um, but genuinely, we're getting some really good feedback. We haven't had a bad review for a while. So whilst I don't want you all to suddenly start giving us bad reviews, we're not just handpicking the good ones. You can go on iTunes yourself and you can see the reviews that are there. Um, we're not making them up. Um, uh, but- please don't give bad reviews because then I cry myself to sleep. And one thing I'll say about Aaron, like when I say I like Wade and I genuinely do, I love Aaron. <laughs> Dedication is what it is. He's like, like us. The belief is so strong that even on the other side of the world, he finds time and finds a way to get the pod. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, absolutely. Why, why wouldn't you? I mean, like, uh, like Wade said, we are the next Lions coaches. So, <laughs> Can you imagine how badly we'd fuck that up? <laughs> speak, speak for yourself, mate. Okay, can you imagine how badly I'd fuck that up? Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. So, yeah, some good reviews there. Um, after that, what else do we have? We had some emails. So we had a short email from Hector Linus. He's obviously reached out to us in the past. He says, one to ponder about is John Mitchell, the next England coach. In my humble opinion, he did a lot of good uh, for yesterday um, and the break uh, for yesterday's D, oh, defence <laughs> and breakdown work. Uh, we obviously just covered this. Um, I don't think he's the next England head coach, but I, I think he's a great selection in the role that he's uh, that he's doing, and, and I hope he continues to to improve. But and, and you're right, he did a fantastic job. He did an absolutely incredible job. That defence was brilliant, and I am still every time I watch that, and I watched the full match again. Actually, every time I watched it, I was like, I can't believe how good our defence was, and I am still the happiest I've ever been when I see Manu own Bundyaki. <laughs> Wait, there was a few. There's a great, uh, there's a great gif that was floating around Twitter um, of uh, Sexton trying to clear Manu out, 
Um, and whilst he whilst he does manage to drive into him and knock him back a few steps, Manu literally just flings him about twenty feet uh, and just says, Love get, it. "Get off me!" and then gets back into the ruck again. Um, that's the kind of shit that we need. Uh, we've been talking okay. about Manu and wanting him back for a long time. I'm sure there's lots of people that agree, but there's also plenty of people that were saying, mm, "I'm not sure. I don't think he's uh, don't think he's the, you know the, the, the man he once was." Wrong. Yeah. He smashed. So he's, I think he's taken that shirt, that shirt off uh, Ben Teo. Um, oh, I, I, I don't think he can take that shirt off him. So, did you watch? I'm, I must admit, I'm not normally a massive fan of this guy. When I said, right, did you read Jerry Guscott's review? I did. Um, uh, did you, did you read about that first line out when obviously pretty bland when Manu took it? That's where we won the match. Manu took it quickly. The next person in the ruck is Billy. If I'm an Irish player and I see Manny running at me, closely followed by Billy, I'm like, do you know what, lads? Just, just go, yeah, just go through. I, I, it's just not worth it. Have it. Yeah, it was nice. Um, right, next one. Uh, Steve Reed has emailed us. Um, not sure we've heard from Steve before, so possibly a new listener, but certainly a new a new man to get in touch. He says, "Hey, gents, just finished listening." to the in-game episode after coming down from Cloud9. Great episode to match an unbelievable win and performance from the boys. Listen to the pod every week, or however however often you update them. Uh, is that a little dig? Uh, I really enjoy your analysis and informal take on England's endeavours. Keep up the good work. Just wanted to give a deeper insight into England's journey since 2017 and the VAT run coming to an end. England have struggled for consistency since their record-matching run came to an end. And it has coincided with problems off the pitch uh, with coaching staff. At different points, Eddie has been without an attack coach and defence coach. And I think the effect that must have had on the team uh, is that time cannot be understated. See how important Andy Farrell has been to Ireland's rise up the ranks. I think it's been underplayed slightly how much England's form dipped when our coaches were being picked off for jobs elsewhere. In the autumn, our form improved when John Mitchell got involved. But we couldn't put in two halves of consistent rugby against Ireland, Eddie has had a build-up to this uh, tournament where he's had his coaches in place. <clears throat> and I think we saw the difference yesterday. We were awesome in defence, and I think we have a very well-balanced attack now that can hurt teams in different areas. Very impressive. You're right in your review. We need to string more performances like that together. But our squad depth and talent has never been in doubt. And I feel with the right coaches supporting Eddie off the field, England will just keep growing now until the World Cup. One final point, the leadership debate. How did you think Farrell did on Saturday? I think that kick from Farrell was massive. Uh, if he'd missed that, I think the joint captain debate would have resurfaced. He still needs time, but in my opinion, he is the right man to lead England going forward with support of the others. We can't keep picking Hartley because of his leadership. We can't be dependent on him for that. He needs to earn the shirt first, and Farrell stepping up and leading, as he did, I think is huge. Keep up the good work. Look forward to hearing your more calm and measured review midweek. Steve Reid. That's a good review. It is. That's that's good. That's some really good points. Uh, The key point for me in that is the leadership debate. I'm kind of with him. I think Owen Farrell did step up. I'm happy for Owen Farrell to be our captain. I know we've discussed this. Yeah, I think the bottom line is he he is the captain, and and regardless of what we think, it's now is not the time to debate it. That that time has been and gone. Um, I think he did a great job uh, on Saturday. I would have liked to have seen him, and it's one of the things I'm going to talk about. But when he went, when um, when Mara Tojo was pinged um, for for dangerous uh, d- dangerous play in the air, uh, and Connor Murray was in the process of 
just taking Johnny May out of the game with blocking and Owen tried to mention it to the referee and he just got palmed off and so he walked away. And I don't know, I feel like there are there are other captains, um, Rory Best, probably a great example, who would have had that conversation with the referee and the referee would have listened. And I think that's one of the key things that we don't have in our in our leadership so team at the moment. So, so that's interesting. I, I must admit, I'm coming at that from completely another point of view. I saw a few times where he palmed off the Irish. I think Owen Powell read that well. I don't think Roman Poit, uh it was Roman Poit, right? Uh, or Frenchie McFrencherson. I don't think he was looking for, uh, I don't think he was looking for a debate there. And I thought Owen Farrell read that well. Maybe, I did. you might well be right. Um, I mean, it's but, one of the things that's been said of Owen Farrell, isn't it? That he that he struggles with the referees, whether it's whether it's failing to have a uh, a kind of a conversation with them and an influence in some way, or whether it's just approaching it in completely the wrong way and getting a bit hot headed. Hot headed. Um, but I guess you know this is something that maybe he can learn quickly. Um, but like I say, bottom line is this is this is the role that he's ha- that he has right now. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. It, they said they said Hartley would be back for Wales, right? Uh, so it's going to be a huge call whether Eddie brings him back in, given how well everyone played in Dublin. Uh, got, Jamie George, Jamie George has like Jamie, Jamie George can't. Not. But but can you can you bench Dylan Hartley? I don't know. I just I, I feel like yeah, maybe Dylan Hartley just doesn't get selected at all in that case. Possibly not. So I think it's a straight shootout between him and Cowan Dickey. Uh, Cowan Dickey, in fairness, didn't, didn't really have long enough. And the game was at a different point, didn't really have long enough to yeah, sort true. of stamp his marks. But I think it's a straight shootout between uh, Hartley and Cowan Dick. Okay, well, look, let's turn to the game and the uh, analysis in adverse commas that we're planning to do, and which by which, of course, we mean we're just, just going to highlight all the amazing things that happened. Starting with 1 minute 34, try to England, the first since 2011 in Dublin. Um, and that was an inch perfect par- pass from Faz. And I was saying to you before, when that pass left his hands, I thought, Ireland have got an interception try. Uh, they didn't, but you know, it, uh, there was probably an inch in it. Um, and then afterwards, I just thought, you know what, actually, that's, that's Owen Farrell. That's that ability that he has to see, to see when it's on like that. It, it, was, it was so flat and so quick and so kind of close to the line. That it was a fifty, it was essentially became a fifty-fifty for Ireland. You know, you go for the ball and miss it, and you're in trouble. You go for the ball and get it, and you've scored a try down the other end. Yeah, I mean, it happened quickly. I didn't at any point think that I thought Owen through the pass, knowing that they'd charged up, knowing that there'd be the space, and then. Uh, but yeah, no, you've got right. It is fine margins. Owen Farrell did it was genius and Johnny May did you see the pass if you watch it slowly Elliot Daly literally might as well have shot the ball out of a cannon to him (laughs) it was not the nicest pass Johnny May did well to catch it not just catch it but then step in and score that try there was still stuff to do Johnny May in that game the only way he could have been better is if he put on a cape and sorted out Brexit during the match he he was he probably did, mate. He was immense. Yes. Well, the second big moment came at 24 minutes. Ireland's try. 
Now, this is one that you and I dis- disagree on. Yeah, I do disagree. I am, yeah. I am pretty much convinced from all of the pictures that are floating around. And I know that you know people will say, yeah, but if you look at a different still, you'll see something different. I haven't actually bit seen a still of it not being the case. Mako's hand was under the ball. I think I think he grounded the ball at some point. I think it's a try. I need you to 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 show me a still of the ball on the ground without a hand underneath it. That's what I need. Someone okay. someone find it for me so we can put this to, I, I to think bed. It's, uh, I've to looked, me, right. I looked today. I watched the game back. Uh, I ch- I tried to record it to see if I could find something, and all I all I could see from any of the angles that the TV showed uh, was the ball down with a hand underneath it. So, for me, no try. Anyway, it was given, and the result, he didn't change the result. So, uh, the next one, obviously the next try was was another little beauty. Nolan Daly out on the, on the wide, uh, on the right hand, on the right wing. Daly a little chip through. Noel putting pressure on Stockdale, who uh, fumbled it. Stockdale, Stockdale got a lot of hassle for this. Yes, he fumbled it, but he would have had control. But Noel just planned the tackle perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's Stockdale's mistake. I think that's Noel's brilliance. Oh, no, Noel knocked the button. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't just a, a a bad fumble. He had the ball. He had it. He he had control of the ball. But he, at the moment that he took control of the ball, was when Noel hit him. So Noel knocked, yeah. knocked the ball out of his hands in the tackle. Um, yeah. So, so a great great tackle. Yeah, I wouldn't say that Stockdale had a shocker. It wasn't like no, the, no, not, it wasn't like not the, the Uge like try and Uge. Uh, so I think the, the thing about that try was the kick was unreal. <laughs> like you couldn't have done a better kick, Elliot Daly. I put my hands up to you. Um, so it was it was an unbelievable kick. It was brilliant by Noel, and rightly so. Daly then scored that try. Ireland didn't do anything wrong there. England were just brilliant. That's going to be a theme throughout this episode, I think. I think um, a theme of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is a theme of the podcast. You know, but we've made that quite clear. Um, <laughs> Thirty-nine minutes just before half time. Mako did he? Didn't he? Another one we disagree on. Um, I actually said in the last episode, I'm okay with it. He he, it was it was a double movement. But I watched it back again a few times, and I don't think it's quite as clear cut as that. I'm I'm not convinced. Um, there was a lot of talk from the. From the commentary team about you know he's using his right knee to to propel himself forwards, but from what I could see, his right knee didn't touch the ground. So his his, his knee definitely did touch the ground, a hundred percent it touched the ground, and then he then propelled himself forward after using his knee to steady. To me, it's no try, and I'm going to annoy you even more now. Um, is that I possible? Am... Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have a go. When I look back at the decisions made. I actually think Roman Poit made right decisions. I don't think he had... Like, a lot of people have taken him off. I'm not saying he had the best name ever. I think the key decisions were all right. Is it always just about... I mean, when you say key decisions, you're talking about the ones that result in points, for example. Points, Simbins. It's not all just about that. I'm not saying he was the best but ref mo- ever. It's momentum but- and, and it's... Uh, yeah, I'm... I, I'm I'm not going to suddenly. I think it's easy to say that when we've won. If anything, it almost makes the win sweeter by saying. No, well, no, it doesn't. What I'm talking about, it makes the win sweeter by saying that he was against us and we still managed to beat them even despite his best efforts. I mean, I've seen stuff on Twitter. This is again a prime example. Um, people saying that um, England's man of the match was the referee. 
Well, yeah, I, I would argue. That. I would argue that Ireland's man of the match was the referee, and he wasn't. And it still wasn't enough. So yeah, I mean, I've heard that. That surprised me. I think it was on the, uh, the rugby pod with Andy Good and Jim Hamilton. They were like, "Well, Roman Park definitely like England got the rubber for green." Really? I admit, I did. I thought it was the other way around, but I don't think it changed the game. I mean, bottom line here is that we're both in agreement that England were robbed of that Mako try. So let's move on no, to the next one. So we put the first half out of the way. We're into the second half. Uh, and this is this is probably the try that's had the most contention, so if you like. This is a non-debate. It's a try. I, I 100% agree with you. So this is 65 minutes. This is the uh, the Johnny May... No, sorry, the Henry Slade try from the Johnny May kick. Um, so the first thing that people have claimed is why it shouldn't be a try is that they're saying that it was a forward pass from Slade. Um, it 100% wasn't. The, the forward pass law is that the ball must be travelling backwards when it leaves the player's hands. Now, obviously, momentum applies. If you jump off the back of a moving train, you're going to land in front of where you jumped because momentum is still carrying you the other way. It's the same principle, right? So he can he can pass the ball backwards from where he is and it can still end up forwards of where it left his hands. That's still a backwards pass. Is that a simple way to explain it? it it's... The laws of the game, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's, a, it's a legal pass. It's a completely legal pass. It leaves his hand backwards. Thanks for that, Andy deGrasse Tyson. I appreciate the scientific analysis. But, yeah, it, it is. It's a completely legal pass. And I will move on to the next point that I, I know you want to mention. He was onside. He was onside. I, I think this one is debated less. There's a few people still floating around saying that uh, that's not the case. But... Um... You know, when it's very simple. You, you get a still of the point where the ball was uh, leaving Johnny May's hands, you know, coming off his foot and draw a straight line. And you can see that um, Henry Slade's front foot was a good foot and a half behind that line. So, yeah, no question there. And they, they quite quickly cleared that one up. Um, so he was onside. What they didn't mention and what didn't come up, um, and, you know, if any of you have noticed this or if you want to check it out, Henshaw puts in a brutal shoulder charge on Johnny May post the kick. I mean, it, you know, fair enough. There's there's the argument of late tackle and pre-committed and all that. There was no tackle. He just put his shoulder down and knocked Jenny, Johnny May over after he kicked the ball through. Um, nothing, nothing said about that. And I know that they went on to score the try, but come on, let's pick. Let's pick. I, up I, I must admit, I haven't noticed or seen that because that uh, I just that's not where my vision was. But no, fair enough. I, I mean, I, I'll need to watch that back. To them. Have a look at that. Fine. So then England's final try, and this was the big one, because this was a bonus point uh, against the world's number two team, the Grand Slam champions. You know, this is not a game where bonus... You know, the only bonus points that should be on offer in a game like this should be a losing bonus point. Ireland failed to get that, and England got a four-try bonus point, um, which is massive. And we hadn't scored since 2011. scored since a try since 2011. You know, everyone was saying this was going to be a really close, low-scoring game. Uh, England were going to be forced to play into the Irish hands. It was awesome. Um, and just icing icing on the cake. And, and, you know, once again, it was Henry Slade. And like I said after the game, and will reiterate now, I'll be the first to put my hand up and say I've not been the biggest advocate for Henry Slade at 13, but my God, did he make it his shirt. Uh, on Saturday, uh, and and you know, fair play. Um, you know, he he was. He's a great player. He's he was, a great player. 
you know, it's the first time he's done it for England, but um, you've got to do it for the first time <laughs> at some point. So, you know, you should agree, but uh, it just, it just took gonna... him it just took him longer to to reach that point. But he's there now. He's proved me and I'm sure many others wrong. And um, long may he continue to do have you know little juggling acts like he did uh, in, at 75 minutes when he um, when he scored that awesome little interception. He, Henry Henry Slade is a really good player, uh, and actually we were saying about reviews. Uh, we got an email from uh, I mean Barry Hyphen on uh, Facebook, and he mentioned that have we finally got Andy on the Slade train? And I said I think he's coming that way. Um, so are, are you? Uh, yeah, 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 no, I am. I, you know, and you just unless, he, unless he gives me reason to to change my mind, I I I. I you know, I put my hands up and say, "Fair enough." You know, I didn't. I didn't think he was the man for the job, but and, and you know, maybe what it took was to have the right people inside and outside of him. You know, maybe that Manu Slade combination has just been able to bring them the most, the, the best out of him. Um, you know, having a, a playmaker at ten and thirteen with a with with the big man in the middle. You know, maybe that just changes the dynamic um whereas in the past playing at 12 outside well he's played 13, Slade's played 13. He's, he, much more recently but initially he was coming on as cover you know he was the one that came on at 12 when Farrell moved to 10 because Ford went off um, and it was never really working um but this I this works I, I, I don't I don't remember I mean recently he's been with 13 and I think we can judge him on that to me he's been a good player for a while, um, in an English shirt as well. I, I think Henry Slade is our 13. I think if Jonathan Joseph wants that shirt back, he has to rip it off Slade's back. I don't. I don't think. But I, I, if- I, I agree. I agree with you now. But I think that it was Dublin on Saturday that confirmed that. I think before what happened on Saturday, I think people would have been a lot more open to the idea that that Jonathan Joseph may well be the guy for that shirt. And, and Henry Slade, you know, maybe that was the kick he needed. He, you know, the, the competition's there. And he and he stepped up and said, no, this is mine. Back to the back to the drawing board, JJ. So I agree with you. I think it's Henry Slade's shirt and it's JJ's to take away. But, you know, that's a good problem to have. If you've got someone playing as well as Henry Slade and there's someone potentially good enough to take it off him, which, I, which I'm not convinced that there is right now, um, you know, it's going to bring the best out of your players if they think there's a chance that someone might take their shirt. You know, we don't well, want to Jonathan get Jones is definitely good enough for that shirt. He's just not the best person for that shirt at the moment. Excellent. Uh, 79 minutes, <laughs> consolation try for Ireland. Wasn't enough. Um, that was pretty poor. Hey? That was pretty poor defence. Yeah, it but was. It, I, it, do, do you know what I mean? Is it one of those situations, though, where you've got a minute to go, they can't win? Caution. It's easy to switch off, and we don't want to see that. But bottom line, if it's the World Cup final and they're in a situation where the team they're playing can't win, I don't care if they score a try because of a lapse in 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 judgment. You know, you've done the job. The job isn't to to. I mean, obviously, you don't want to let tries in if you can help it, and I'm sure none of them intentionally thought, "Oh, let's let's let them get a cheap one." But I'm less concerned with them falling asleep in the last minute of the game to give a consolation try um, than if it had been, you know, a potentially result changing. And I, and I, and I feel like if the pressure had been on, it wouldn't have happened. It was, it was, it was England just messing with them, teasing them, like, let them believe they might be able to get a bonus point. No, denied. 
I mean, it, it's a shame that it's, it, it is a shame that they let it in because without that, England actually would have not only taken a bonus point, but they'd be sitting top of the table on and points difference <laughs> ahead of Scotland, who obviously had the whipping boys, uh, Italy, um, and were only only managed to to get one point difference out of that game than England got out of you know playing against the favourites. Yeah, I mean Scotland at the end completely switched off. Um, but that is different, you know. You it particularly against Italy because Italy is especially in a close championship. Italy, unfortunately for them, is key to maximising your points difference um, and giving yourself the best chance in the event that there is a close call at the end, which there often is. And so you can't afford to switch off and give away three tries in the, in the last sort of ten twelve minutes. Um, you know, one you can forgive three. I don't think there's much excuse for that. And I know that they have said it's not a problem. They're not worried about it. But I think that that highlights that there is potentially a problem. Um, well, because I, it, I, I think I think it's the right time for it to happen, so they see that there is an issue that can be dealt with. Well, and we shall see if they have seen it. Anyway, twenty points to thirty-two, hell of a result, um, and and. You know. Mate, that's amazing, isn't it? Look at 20 to 32 against Ireland. In, I mean, initially, as you all know, it was meant to be at Twickenham, but this one actually ended <laughs> they, up. They changed Dublin. it at the last minute. England just said, Do you know what, lads, let's make it a little tougher for ourselves. It's a World Cup year. We'll move it to Dublin. Yeah, exactly. Where, where and we, uh, we haven't scored a try since 2011. That was, mate, that was such a result. I absolutely loved that. Just, uh, I thought England were brilliant. Like, that. Everyone's like, let's not get carried away. No, let's get carried away. Uh, certainly until next Sunday. Like, next Sunday's a different day, and we'll hopefully we'll be talking in the same way. But if we're not, we're not. Who's carried but, away, Dan? I, I, told, I told everybody it's been recorded. It's out there for all to hear on the old World Wide Web that England are unbeaten until the World Cup final, until after the World Cup final. Until after, yes, sir. Mate. Um, I, and that, included, I, that includes the Grand Slam in the Six Nations. So, you know. Watch this space. But hang on, I'm not done with the game yet because there are two more things that I want to talk about. Um, and these are two, again, I would say contentious points. Um, the first one was Tom Curry's yellow card. Now, this was given right, this, this was given as a late tackle. Yeah? It was a late tackle. Have you watched it? Yeah. In, in real speed? Go yeah. on to, Dan can't because he doesn't know what Twitterbox is, even though he has, a, has an account. Go on Twitter and look at my most recent post. It shows that clip in full speed, not in slow-mo. I, I don't believe that there's time between the hit. I, it's, I just, it's, not, it's not late. Sim, simple as that. It's not I, a late tackle. It, well, firstly, it is late because he's kicked it. Uh, it don't, that's, not, that's not the, that's not the, the, the determination of a late tackle. It's about when, when pre-committed. When he committed, I think he knew there was no chance he was getting there in time. We can't start. Ju- you can't start uh, penalising someone on what you think they might know. It's, you have to make a bit of a judgment. It's what you see on the pitch. Go, well, go. I need you to watch the clip. I need you to watch the clip. I will watch the clip. But if it's what you see on the pitch, he was late. No, the the. Well, go and watch the clip. <laughs> uh, what what's that bit to me? Yeah, I mean, I I think we're different there. To me, it was. I must admit, to me, I still think. And I haven't seen that clip, so maybe I will change my mind after seeing that. But I must admit, having watched it, I think it was late. I think it was... A yellow card was, in my mind, the right call. 
no way anywhere more. And perhaps he could have got away without yellow, but I think yellow card was the right call. Well, I actually interestingly, so this clip went out, and most of the Irish feedback from the clip, or or the feedback from non England supporters from the clip, was it wasn't that it, the, the lateness wasn't the issue. It was because it was high. He wraps him around the neck when he when he goes through, that's, that's and crap. and he hundred percent doesn't take him high either. So if if they can't decide that it was late and they can't decide that it was high, then it seems to me like it was a perfectly reasonable tackle. Um, that it was just timed perfectly and it was just a big, it was a massive hit. Um, so, guys, have a look uh, for yourselves. It's there on Twitter. See what you think. I'll have to put it on Facebook as well. Otherwise, Dan will never see it. Um, so you might, find, you, you might find it there too. Um, and, yeah, let, let us know what you think because uh, I think that the problem with slow-mo is that you're watching it going, well, look how much time there is between the kick and the hit. But as soon as you put it on real speed, there isn't really any time between the two. Um, and there is a there is a, a kind of a there's an amount of time that's allowed for pre-committed. Um, so yeah, see what you guys think. The next one, Dan, is the Toje penalty. So I think we're in the same box. I I I don't think that's even a penalty. I think he had every right to compete for that ball, and I don't think he did anything wrong. If you watch him, he's watching the ball. Um. I, I, there must be something I'm missing because everyone seems to think this was a really bad thing. To me, it's not a penalty. Right. So this is another one. So again, clip on on uh, on Twitter had a few people complaining that uh, you know why do I care? It's all finished now. As I had to point out to them, it's in reference to today's episode, so it's people have something to go and look at. But um, yeah, so I showed the this clip of his of his going uh, into the contact. Actually, if you watch it. Itoje jumps for the ball. People will argue that he never had any chance of getting the ball, therefore he wasn't jumping for the ball at all and knew exactly what he was doing. But that brings us back to that whole argument of can you judge it on what you think he thinks he already he had, knows or he what had you as see. Much chance to me as uh, Earls did. Well, so when you watch, Earls never jumps for the ball. Yeah, I, I, Earl, I, Earls doesn't I, leave. Earls doesn't leave the ground. He runs straight into Itoje, who's in the air going for the ball. Now, to me, that's Earls taking out the man in the air. So have a look. Have a look. See what you think. Uh, yeah, so he, because I, I reckon if a to- for two things, one, if Toje comes down awkwardly off that off that challenge, you know, because his his legs obviously are, end up around Earl's chest height. So if he flips over Earl's and comes down badly, I think Earl's gets pinged, and the Dublin crowd are very quiet and they're not cheer, you know, calling for for a penalty, um, and they look at it from that perspective. And I think um, if Toje isn't you know, a six foot six or whatever he is, six foot eight second row, and instead is a little winger. I think they have another look at that too. I think they've basically gone. Earls is a small winger. He's supposed to get those balls. Someone like Atoje isn't. Therefore, Atoje must be in the wrong. And jumped conclusions. Now, lots of people will say that I'm talking absolute rubbish, and you know, I got some, <laughs> I got some pretty brutal uh, feedback when I first posted the clip. I think one one guy even said something outrageous like, um, this is the most ridiculous, useless bit of analysis I've ever seen. I'm screenshotting it just to show how stupid you are or, or something. Wow. Um, which, <laughs> which, which is brutal. But I, you know, I, I rightly said to him, you know, thank you. Um, and I, he, are you serious? He said, what a stupid thing to write. The Toje is no stage was looking at the ball. And the second he jumped backwards, knee raised into Earl's. Earl's had his eye on the ball at all times. Your analysis is embarrassingly stupid. I'm going to screenshot your stupidity. 
So I was like, okay. Okay, so, so mate, I, I love to mug you off, but equally, you're my best mate. That guy's an idiot. Like, I, I just ignore that. Like, that, that's just wrong. Oh, it's all good, though. I told him, I told him thank you. And um, next time, don't forget our hashtag at England Rugby Pod, uh, <laughs> which I which I attached to his posts. Although it looks like he's deleted it, so. Hey, then, mate, he's just wrong there. Like that, that's just. That's I, just wrong. People are entitled to their opinions. God knows we have ours, um, but <laughs> I'd be interested to see what our listeners, who like us, have the old rose tinted uh, laser surgery, uh, you know, lasered eyes. Um, see what they think, because you know, looking at the. But, but, but please also, please also say if you, if you like think we're being idiot, please do say because I want to watch it. So, sorry, whilst it's been doing, I've been watching that curry thing again. So, I half think I can see where you're coming from. I haven't seen your clip. Um, I mean, I watch, I it, at full, watch it at full speed. I, mean, that's... I, I just watch it at full speed. He, I think he could have pulled out more. I think he could have pulled but does, out that. But does, I think the point is, does he have to? I think, yes. Because there, there's a point at which you're allowed, you know, you can say, well, he's pre-committed. He, like, you could argue that, oh, it, you know, he thought it was it, it was 50-50. He didn't know if he'd get there, therefore he shouldn't have gone for it. But if it's 50-50, then equally he might have got there. You know, he might have charged the kick down in the process or he might have been able to get him before the ball left his foot. I mean, it was, to me, it was so close that even if you're going to ping it, it's a penalty at most. It's never a yellow so, card. So, so it's a tough call. It, it is closer than I, I must admit, than I had in my head. But for me, it's late. For me, he was not charging down that kick ever. And also, I think he could have pulled out more. I think a yellow card arguably is hard, but not ridiculous. I, I actually think it's the right call, I must admit. At the moment, I'm still there. But I will watch your clip. And I, I am open Open to changing your mind. Yeah, yeah I, I am. Good. Like, like I said earlier, I am as fickle as anything. Like, I am open, and and I want to change my mind. Don't get me wrong, I want to. We all in. want you to change your mind, Dan. <laughs> final, but final I... thing on on this game. Um, I'm sure this won't be the final time we talk about this game, but um, for the final time we're going to talk about for today's episode. Um, during that Atoje incident, um, and obviously Farrell, I mentioned before, you know, Farrell talking to the ref about it afterwards. Did you find it interesting that Farrell said, you know, we spoke about this with you yesterday? So about it, the block. About the blocking. You know, it was something that England wanted yeah, the yeah, referee yeah. to be aware of. Does that not make it kind of worse? I mean, it happened under the nose of the line judge. When you look at the clip, you can see the line judge. He's, he's not even on. You know when line judges run up on the inside of the pitch? Kind of, they're, they're inside the lines. He's, he's literally about two feet from the incident. And it couldn't have been more obvious that Conor Murray was just purposely getting in Johnny May's way to prevent him from going for the ball. Yeah, so I, I believe, and again, people, please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the law is you are under no obligation to move, he, but you can't move to purposely block. Yeah. And which we, I, when I saw it in my head, I think it was a purpose block. Oh, it was without question. He 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 looks over his shoulder to see where May is, and then he backs up into May with his hands in the air. He's he's already saying what what I haven't done anything wrong before contact's even made. Like it's the whole thing is an act, um, and it's clearly something that England were expecting, and they spoke to the referee in advance. I just I don't know. I, I wonder whether if the, in those situations. 
it's surely reasonable for Owen Farrell to then be able to go up to the referee and say, look, we spoke about this yesterday. What's what's going on? And have the referee not just say to him, I'm not interested, go away. You know, Owen Farrell is the captain and it's his job to to be so, the, so the one did voice. That. He, he did that and the ref pushed him away, which is, which is nothing Owen Farrell can do. No, 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 I'm not, no, no. This is, this is now no longer about whether or not Owen Farrell could have done anything different. I'm, I'm asking whether the referee was right to kind of cast him off and say, I'm not interested, you know, we're not looking at that. I say, I, I think the thing is, is I think because the challenge comes, I don't get that Toto did something wrong, but the fact that, that it wasn't blown out of proportion, I, I mean, overall, I'm all right with it. Like, I, I don't think it was the right call, but I'm all right with it because it wasn't such a bad call that someone else would put in the bin or whatever, like, I genuinely do not get the thought process that Otojo should have been in the bin there. I honestly believe that was a fair challenge. Oh, mate, the, 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 there's a lot, lot of people calling for a red card. Well, I, I don't. I haven't seen that. They must be. They're seeing something I haven't seen. Right. And even with my rose-tinted glasses, I do not see how that could ever be a red card. I mean, even if you took them off. Even even if I took them off um, and put on my leprechaun green, I I still can't see how that would ever be a, a red card. Well, I can't see it a yellow card. Uh, well, I, I agree, and it wasn't. To be fair, it wasn't a yellow card. But you know, I'm debating whether it should even have been a penalty. But um, it should have been a penalty to England. Earls <laughs> taking out the man in the air. <laughs> and anyway, he had a tough day, Keith didn't he? He, he had a he was uh, he was outplayed as was Stockdale. Um, as was Henshaw, our back three were sublime. Well, yeah, we're absolutely sublime. And when I say twice their back three, I don't mean because their back three were terrible. I mean because ours were amazing. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of Samaro Ovatoje, uh, most of you will by now know that um, he's not he's not very well. He uh, he's got medial ligament damage, two to four weeks, so he will be missing That's France not- and Wales. <laughs> But he's staying with the squad, which is good news. And so, so they obviously, they obviously want him. You know, he's obviously a key part of the squad, and they obviously want him around because I would imagine every intention of bringing him back in before the end of the Six Nations. Um, they've called in Nick Asekwe as, uh, as cover for him. I can't see him. I can't see him being involved in, without there being more injuries. Can you? Uh no, and. Um, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, Launchbury's the 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 guy who was there. You know, we believed he should have been in instead of Cruz, but we were okay with the fact they went Cruz. Um, so, it's and it's a straight swap now, isn't it? As well, huh? um, and they made, I heard an analysis as to why they played Cruz as well, and it made complete sense from a light line out perspective. Well, you, are, yeah, you, are you going to share or? Well, no, they, they were saying from a line-out, Ireland last year had 93% success rate at line-out. Cruz is our line-out expert. He can also jump and disrupt the line-out more. So, it, so Cruz, that's why Cruz was picked. This oh, so, is why so possibly, possibly for, for France, it would be launch free anyway. Um, possibly, I, I, I don't know, but... It, yeah, I think we've launched three laws and crews. We've got three absolute brilliant second row. Sequoia's a good player, but yeah, I'm with you. I, can't, I don't think he's going to be involved. So, so therefore, the question becomes, 
Launchbury to the bench, Laws starting, or does Launchbury go straight in for a Toje and you hold back Courtney Laws as your finisher? Oh, that's a hell of a good question. Uh, and guys, let us know what you think. I, I'd i like to see Launchbury stand up. I think so. I think, I think Laws is a beast when he comes on as a finisher. Um, I, it's another one of those ones where I wouldn't be upset any way around he decides to do it. Yeah, same. But I feel like Launchbury, uh, sorry, I feel like Laws would have more impact off the bench than any of the others would. Um, and therefore, I think Cruz Launchbury starting, in my mind, makes the most sense against France. But then he, yeah. he, equally, you know, Laws is a beast and he can do it for 80 minutes. He can't only do it for 20. So you, you maybe bring him on at the start and let him do it for, you know, 60 or 80 minutes. Mate, I'm with you. I don't care. I don't care either way. If I had to pick, I think I I think I would go. Do you know what? I think I'd go Launchbury Laws. No, I think I'd go Launchbury Cruise. It's a tough one. Guys, let us know what you think. Um, maybe maybe we need to uh, make that the next um, pod squad uh, poll is whether the second... Well, it's a difficult one, actually. Because it's... You know, I don't know. We, we, we need to... We need to. Well, we're going to find out on Thursday um, when the squad gets announced and therefore, obviously, in the pre-game build-up, we'll, uh, we'll discuss it. But um, like, like you say, it's, uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, but it might be a sign of the sort of game plan that they have uh, against France. You know, given that France had a strong first half and a weak second half, maybe holding back Laws and letting him come on and do some damage, to, you know, towards the end of the game makes more sense. Um, I also think, don't get the French pack are absolutely huge. I believe last week, and I could be lying here, but I believe last week that was the biggest ever international pack. Yeah, 150, 150 stone they were. What per man? Yeah, Dan. A <laughs> hundred and fifty stone—that's insane. Yeah, I think there was so, some, it, there was something like nineteen stone heavier than the Welsh pack. So uh, basically, they had an extra forward and a reasonably big one. That's a lot. So it was—I read before they were—they were not far off a ton. Apparently, before I think it was Toulouse have fielded a pack that were over a ton. Wow. So it's not, but that was like as a forward back that was apparently absolutely huge so in which ways i think cruz starting because cruz is a big oak yes as is launchbury as is laundry and courtney laws has apparently put on a stone of muscle he's got big but terrifying. not but, but a different kind of big yeah he's, he's still not he's still so not again it's, it's a reason why i think you know the bigger they are the, the tighter they get and i think Again, for that reason, I think Law's coming off the bench to inject a bit of pace with the aggression that he has, with that extra stone of muscle that he's got now. Um, you know, even if you bring him on, you know, at fifty minutes, give him half an hour. I think it, that's a, almost a better time to do it. So, I, if it was me, I would have Launchbury straight in for Atojo, and then have Laws coming off the bench again. You know, as a tactical finisher. And, you know, nothing to do with who's better, but purely to execute a game plan. I think that's the sensible move. But yeah, we'll see whether Eddie has. I think I'm. It. I think I'm in your corner here, mate. I think I, I think I'm with you here. Well, that that is a first for this episode. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> right. Well, uh, that, that pretty much covers everything that I wanted to go through today. Uh, I'm sure 
the debate will continue. Um, I, it's not a huge amount of debate, to be honest. The Ireland game, as you said at the beginning, I, most Irish fans, the Irish team, the players, the coaching staff, they've all been, you know, hands in the air. We were outplayed, and and they were. Um, uh, and England were sublime and, and outclassed them. And, and you know, was it a, was it a was it a one off? I don't think so. Um, but we're going to find out. Um, but uh, you know, Ireland Ireland are not going to be. I don't think Ireland are going to lose again. There's a lot of chat from the Welsh and the Scots saying that because of that, they can they all now have the belief that they can beat Ireland, um, and they think they know how to. I suspect Ireland are going to uh, make short work of everyone else now. Ireland are an absolutely brilliant team. They were outplayed by a better team on the day. Um, well, I, yeah, the I, team that's going to win the World Cup then. Exactly, exactly, and that's why. Yeah, you can't um, you can't be too upset if, this, if the only team that can beat you is the one that's going to win the World Cup. The yeah, and next number one team. I think I, I think I said on Saturday that I think that's the World Cup final. I really hope that's true, and I think it could be. Um, I am, I am looking forward to the France match. I really want to see what we can do. I'd love us to follow up the performance. I love to see Manu have another great game. I'd love to see Slady have a great game. I can't see any other changes. By the no. way, did you see Mexico's stats? I did not. Tell us. Talk to us. They were insane. And and I I think he made 23 tackles. I think he carried the most for most yards. But it was amazing. Like, at the time, I was like, oh, I don't mind him being man of the match. Looking at his stats, he should have been man of the year. <laughs> so uh, so uh, are we, are we going to call him Sir Mako? So Marco of Ronapola, <laughs> yeah, whose who, who's brother Lord Billy is also in the mansion. So <laughs> Marco and Lord Billy, why not? Why not? He he earned it with his Royal Highness Manu. <laughs> mm. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, anything else that you want to add to today's episode, Dan? Uh, no, I don't think so. What a great performance. Let's enjoy it, man. Let's not... Let's not uh, let's, like, a lot of people are like, oh, it's one performance, it's nothing. Well, it's our last performance. That's the way we played last summer on the pitch. Let's enjoy that. Let's embrace it. Yeah, hopefully we'll follow up against the French. I think it will be impossible to put in a performance that good again, but I think we can still put in a great performance. Oh, um, I've got belief. I think this is this is the New England um, and this is what they've been building to. But um, like you say, we're going to find out on Saturday uh, and you will be hearing from us as per straight after the game and you'll get our reaction as it happened. Hey, I'm not out on Saturday, but I am on Sunday when the match happens. If that's I was just going to predict it all. Oh, you want to actually do it live, like what actually happened? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is, is oh, that, oh, right, is fair, that enough. fair enough. All right, we'll do that then. So well, Sunday uh, in that case, guys, Dan doesn't want to play, play the game. We'll, we'll have to do it on, on match day. Um, so we'll do that on Sunday, like I just said. Um, but guys, yeah, get in touch with us. There's a few things in, in today's episode that we'd like to hear from you about. Um, it's at England Rugby Pod on Twitter and Facebook. I highly recommend if you're on Twitter uh, and you haven't already, like us, follow us, because um, so, we probably put more out on Twitter than anywhere else. Um, and it's always good to hear from you guys, and especially when I'm being inundated with Irish fans telling me that I'm an idiot. Um, I, I need to... Uh, 
I need support from my listeners. So uh, yeah, get on there and uh, and show your support and, and get in touch, and particularly on game days. Lots of chat going on on game days, which is always fun. Um, obviously, you can get in touch with us by emailing us, as a few of you are now doing on a fairly regular basis, which is awesome. Uh, that's englandrugbypod at gmail.com. And as always, uh, the review's massively important to us. Um, so if you get the opportunity and you haven't done so, uh, or even if you have and you have something new you'd like to say, um, head over to iTunes, drop us a review, give us a rating, um, and let us know what you think. Because uh, we're doing this for us, but we're also doing it for you guys. So, um, you know, we want to hear what you guys think, and uh, and we want to we want to evolve the pod over the course of the next few months um, to suit what you guys want to hear. So, we look forward to hearing from you. But uh, that's about it from us until uh, until Sunday, Dan. Until Sunday at the next one for England France. What a performance, England! You're awesome. We believe, and we have just shown why we're going to win the World Cup. I love it. I can't wait for this weekend. More Six Nations. I love Six Nations. It's just awesome. They are awesome. On that note, Dan, let us say our goodbyes. <laughs>